Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. C.J. Beathard do anything for you? Jacksonville needs a new quarterback in that quarterback room for the Jaguars. What does it mean for Gardner Minshew is the first thought that crosses my mind that the Jaguars go get a veteran quarterback, a pretty average veteran quarterback. And uh, does that mean they're trying to get rid of and will get rid of Gardner Minshew to me is really the story here instead of the signing of C.J. Beathard. And I think a secondary story is, what about Alex Smith? Is that going to be too expensive? Do they not want to wait around? And, of course, if that does come to fruition later on, you could make a move down the road. We talk some football here tonight and a little baseball background. We're at Fleming Island High School. Good to be out this way. One of the best baseball teams in the state. They are loaded. They play a home game tonight. Uh, so a little backdrop for baseball behind uh, me. And as I look over here at the softball field, a little softball practice happening for the Golden Eagles as well. Brent Martineau here back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. Austin Lane. Hopefully had a shot or two last night after getting worn out with Shock Your Mock, refreshed and ready to go, and Shock Your Mock at it again later today, Austin. Yeah, I didn't have a shot, man. I'm not, you know, usually it, I only drink on special occasions, and Shock Your Mock wasn't one of them, unfortunately. But I'm going to bring a whole new uh, energy uh, and a whole new game plan to this uh, this day's edition of Shock Your Mock, so stay tuned to that later. Uh, I'm going to try from a different perspective. Oh, good. I like that. Maybe, yeah. a, maybe a little more positive no, perspective. No, I didn't say that. Oh. It's just going to be a different oh. per- No, 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 no. If, if you want positivity, go do something else. But don't listen to Shock Your Mock. It's still going to be the same old <laughs> Shock Your Mock, but with a twist on it, I think. We'll see. Uh, are you inviting Warren Sharp on the show today? No, nah, man, he's all good. He's, he's fine. <laughs> a little boredom late night Tuesday is what I tweeted after I saw that. I mean... Whoever said, by the way, that Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette were the saviors and Nick Foles, saviors of the of the Jaguars organization, that's what he tweeted last night. That was an interesting one. God, I love when you get Jags Twitter going, not you, but anybody. Yeah. And uh, it's a dangerous thing, man. Don't bait Jags Twitter. No, man, they're definitely to come after you because, you know, tensions are high right now. I appreciate what Jags Twitter is doing uh, to Warren Sharp. I, I'll be honest, I don't know who Warren Sharp is. I don't, I don't know either. if he's got a blue check mark. Once again, I don't know who Warren Sharp is. I don't know what he's all about. Uh, the blue check mark does absolutely nothing for me. I don't care if you got a lot of Twitter followers or not. I have no idea who you are, sir. And yeah, obviously, what he said about you know Trevor Lawrence making the difference compared to Gardner Minshew and then Nick Foles will save the Jaguars and Leonard Fournette and Blake Bortles. I mean, yeah, I get it, dude. Congratulations. We're, we're talking about you. We're opening the show talking about you. So mission accomplished from your perspective. But uh, yeah, I could uh, I could care less, especially with this dude who's. And I'm seeing this, like, I saw his Twitter, Avi, 
There's no way you can stand that serious rocking a suit and it seems like you're behind some kind of schematics or some kind of screen and rock that mustache with a serious face. Okay? <laughs> like, no, no, no one's taking you seriously. Like, if you're going to have a mustache like that, which I'm not mad at, I mean, to each their own, but if you're going to rock a mustache like that, I'm going to need you to have a little smile or a little smirk on your face because I can't take you seriously with that mustache, sir. I'm sorry. Well, speaking of the mustache one, uh, do you interpret the C.J. Beathard signing the way I just did, that uh, the future for Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville might not be long? Yeah, I mean, that that would make the most sense. Because to me, if you're going to bring C.J. Beathard in, I've, and they haven't really um, shared the details of the contract yet, have they? No, nah, I mean, they just said they signed him. They never really do the I – mean, listen, it's just a backup quarterback signing, but I don't think I've seen any reports on the dollars just okay. yet. Yeah, well, I mean – Obviously, he's going to be a lot more expensive than Gardner Minshew is because you still have Gardner yeah. Minshew at that rookie contract. So I find it interesting when you have a GM who preaches value. I think Urban Myers preached value too. And then you kind of flip the script up a little bit, and now you bring in C.J. Beathard. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know a lot about C.J. Beathard. I've, I've seen the guy play a couple times. I don't know like what he brings in terms of you know grooming or coaching up Trevor Lawrence. I don't think there's really much of that at all. There's the connection there with Balky, I think. And you know, I mean, at the end of the day, though, it, it doesn't bode well for Gardner Minshew, and maybe that's what Gardner Minshew wants. You you know where I stand on this, and even with Alex Smith, if he was in talks of coming to Jacksonville, I think that when you talk about a, a backup quarterback trying to teach Trevor Lawrence and groom Trevor Lawrence, you're you're putting Trevor Lawrence under the pedestal a little bit. Like he he's not that quarterback. He's supposed to come in here day one and be the difference maker. I don't think he needs a backup quarterback to teach him the game and show him the ropes a little bit. So. I don't like – I mean, whatever. It, it is what it is. It'll be a small amount of money. You get rid of Minshew, so be it. But once again, if we're talking about value here, I wonder how much value that truly, that truly gets you. Yeah, I don't – C.J. Beathard signing does nothing for me. By the way, did you know, obviously, Bobby Beathard is uh, – grandfather? Grandfather. Uh, and his um, brother is a country music guy, uh, Tucker, you know. And I think his other brother might be like a country music songwriter. So we got a little country music mixed with quarterback play with nice. Beathard in uh, football. But uh, so an interesting family. But listen, Beathard is a quarterback. I'll ask you this, and I say it all the time. you got four games where you need your backup quarterback in, C.J. Beathard. Can he go two and two for you? I can't tell you I'm full of confidence that he can. You know, And so to me, that doesn't solidify the backup spot to get me excited. But here's the reality of it. It could be a placeholder until maybe something does come to fruition within Alex Smith. Uh, even if it's not, even if he's on this roster and they plan to have him on the roster as a veteran and a guy who's been in the league for five years and maybe can, hey, show a little something here or there if need be for, for Trevor Lawrence. You have Jake Luton on the roster. I don't think they're going to get rid of Jake Luton, but practice squad and all that stuff uh, could come to fruition for him. I just don't know where there's room for Gardner Minshew if you're bringing in C.J. Beathard. I mean, Beathard, Minshew's better than Beathard on the field, in my opinion. Like, he's a better player. And so is this a restart, refresh for Gardner Minshew, whether it's the team saying, hey, we think we need to move on and we're trying to clean out from the little bit of the past, and uh, the past was a little messy last year, even with Gardner Minshew, with that whole situation. Uh, we're not a big fan of you, what we see on tape, even though they'll never say that in public. Or is it, like we've said before, is it Gardner Minshew saying, I think I'd be better off with a fresh start? I just don't see how there's room for Gardner Minshew. Dollars aren't a big deal, but I, I just don't think Gardner Minshew's here for long. I think he's either traded away or they're going to cut him soon. I, I, I don't 
think he's going to be a part of this. And that's not what I said about a week ago or two weeks ago. I thought he was going to be a part of it, Austin. Well, I, I a few things. So do you think that they still go after Alex Smith then, even though they signed C.J. Beathard? So you're going to have Alex Smith and C.J. Beathard on the same team? Well, no. I think what would happen is I think this is a a placeholder to be able to make a move potentially with Gardner Minshew. This is the way I'm reading into it. And why I still keep an Alex Smith out there is I think Alex Smith is probably going to push this thing until August or maybe even September and say, hey, let's find a spot where I can play. And if I can't play and I still want to play, then maybe I'll go to a place like Jacksonville if they want me and and be that role or and, and do that role and be a backup QB if I want to join a team. And maybe I'm comfortable doing that. Uh, and, and if that's the case, Austin, I think this is going to be a minimal enough deal with C.J. Beathard that then they could just cut him. In, in place of Alex Smith. I, I think they could. I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying it, yeah. if you want to play out all these scenarios, that could happen. The thing is, this tells me that they don't want to wait for that veteran quarterback down the road. They want to get the veteran quarterback in place now, not necessarily for their quarterback room, but so they can make a move with Minshew and have somebody in place. That's what it's telling me more than anything. All right, so according to Tom Palacero right now, the Jaguars um, agreed to, to deal with C.J. Beathard for two years, $5 million. I have a hard time, if you're trying to preach value, though, that you're just going to bring a guy on as a placeholder and then cut him if Alex Smith was to come to town. And you're essentially going to just give away $5 million for a couple months? I well, just, you wouldn't be making the $5 million all 2. the time. 2.5? Yeah. Uh, well, again, how it's structured, I don't know. And, and listen, I'm not telling you that's what I think they're doing. I'm just telling you it's a plausible scenario that if it, Alex Smith landed in your lap or somebody like that and you really wanted to go a different route, this isn't breaking the bank. I mean, there's plenty of moves that you do for a couple million dollars that don't work out. Um, and so I, as it sits right now, I think C.J. Beathard will be a part of their quarterback room. Um, what, what I'm also just going to say is I don't think this rules out the idea of, say, in late August or mid-August or something like that, if Alex Smith says, hey, Urban, I'd love to come down there and help out, man. doesn't look like I'm going to get a starting gig. Could you work that out? And would you rather have Alex Smith than C.J. Beathard? I would. Uh, so uh, then it would just be a matter of if they worked it out. I, I just don't think it eliminates it. Um, but I, I would say I would take this for for what it is, two years, $5 million. He's got to be the guy. You could have two years, $1.2 million on Gardner Minshew. They're basically saying, we'd rather have C.J. Beathard than Gardner Minshew. I've seen the two guys play. I would not say that. Would you say that? No, I mean, C.J. Beathard last year, we went one and one. He had six touchdowns, zero interceptions. Is is the best ball ahead of him? I don't know. I would probably go with uh, Gardner Minshew as well. I just, I'm, I'm under the belief, though, that obviously the plan right now, it seems like, is to get rid of Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Okay, so be it. I just hope that they get something for Gardner Minshew because I feel like, and I don't care where he was drafted, but I feel like a guy who has now two years of experience and, you know, he had that rookie year where he, he looked like he was promising last year, not so much, but still put up some numbers and everything, still show some intrigue, at least um, as a quality backup quarterback, if not a guy that you can bring in to try to compete for a starting job. With all that being said, I hope that the Jaguars get some value in return for Gardner Minshew and they don't just let him go. I'll be honest. If it's a seventh-round pick, um, if it's a sixth-round pick, then I won't be the, the, the most excited for C.J. Beathard to get here. If they can get a fourth-round pick for Gardner Minshew or a third-round pick, probably not a third-round pick, but a fourth-round pick, maybe a fifth-round pick, then to me it makes a little more sense. Now, not to say they need more draft picks because obviously that's not the case, but once again, that could be another draft pick that you could parlay into something else later down the line. Yeah, I think uh, 
you're talking about a situation where I don't. I think the Jags are in a way pigeonholing themselves. They're not going to get that fourth round pick. They are not getting a fourth round pick for Gardner Minshew. There's no way. There's not going to be that kind of market for him. They might get a fifth, but I think this will be more get your draft pick back that you spent on him and be at a sixth. I, I, I would. I agree with you. I don't know if I'd take a seventh, but Austin, this has the writing on the wall of they're going to cut him at some point if nobody wants to trade for him. And so they, okay. they've lost a lot of leverage. But what 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 what, what makes you say that Gardner Minshew is not worth a, a fourth round pick? Because keep in mind, the Jaguars traded a fifth round pick for Joshua Dobbs, and he had zero starting experience before he got to Jacksonville, and that was a fifth round pick. But they so, were desperate. Okay, I in mean, that spot. do you think a team could be desperate where they're like, hey, we need a legit backup quarterback or maybe a starting quarterback, so we got to give him a, a fourth round pick? I think it's hard for me to tell you that the Jags are going to be desperate in April, May, June, or Ju- I'm sorry, not the Jags, anybody around the NFL, in April, May, June, July at the quarterback spot. Now, if you tell me in September they've still got him on the roster and they're going to unload him, but that's not the way this is going out. That's not the way this is trending. Like, Gardner Minshew might not be on the roster by the draft. And so you have no leverage as the Jags. The Jags basically, what, what, people are around the league are like, all right, Jags look like they're leaning towards C.J. Beathard. They've got Jake Luton. They've got to draft Trevor Lawrence. They have no room for Gardner Minshew. Let's see if we can get this guy for a handshake, you know. And, I, I mean, I think the Jags have lost all leverage now by signing, not all, but some, most, by signing C.J. Beathard. I just can't imagine they're going to get much for him. And, by the way, how many teams are really calling the Jags? I mean, it's not going to be like three, four, five teams. It might be one or two teams. So this won't be uh, – there's just not going to be a lot of bargaining power here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I, I think they've kind of put themselves in a corner here, which also shows me, Austin, that if they can't work something out at some point, by the time they come together as a football team, whenever that is, based on offseason and, and all that, they might release them anyway. Like they, It shows me they just don't want Gardner Minshew as part of their organization moving forward. Yeah, I mean that might be the case. They're cut. I mean, you know, there, there's rumblings sounding like San Francisco. They have a, a, a plan in place for another, like a quarterback to come in. Um, yeah. They haven't really announced that yet, so maybe that that's kind of Minshew related a little bit. I don't know. I, I just feel like right now where it sits, there's a plan for Gardner Minshew. Now that plan may not entail him being on the team, but I think there is some interest there and in to possibly trade him away. I have a hard time. And once again, like Urban Meyer doesn't know Gardner Minshew anything. Uh, you know. Bulky was here for Gardner Minshew a little bit, but like this coaching staff, you know, they weren't here. They didn't select Gardner Minshew. They don't know what's going on, so that's fine. All right, you go in a new direction. But once again, you have a guy who's started a lot of games in two years, and you have a guy who can be a pretty reliable backup, and once again, who can maybe push for a starting spot in training camp. I think you look at that value and you say, okay, well, we're in no rush to get him, you know, to, to get him out the door. If worse comes to worse, and you know it's, let's say you're in preseason, let's say you're in the regular season, and Menchie's still on the team, well then I would put Jake Luton on the practice squad and wait till a, a suitor comes because a suitor will eventually come for Gardner Minshew. He's shown too much good film to say we're not interested in him. Eventually there will be a team that needs a guy like Gardner Minshew on their team. It, will, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be in a couple weeks, but eventually that will happen. That's how the NFL works. So I just wonder if the Jaguars brass, if they slow play this a little bit and say, okay, let's get Minshew out of here, but let's, you know, let's hold their horses a little bit and let's just wait to see what we can get for them. Or is it a clean cut where it's like, let's get him out as quickly as possible and let's try to give him another shot someplace else? Yeah, why don't – you've been in locker rooms, man. Why would the Jaguars not want Minshew around? Like, I, I, there's more to this now. That's – you know, I've, I had somebody – months ago and sometime say and I was just kind of like 
put it off. So basically, the perception in the building versus the perception outside the building of Minshew is different. Uh, there's talk, there's been talk at times uh, quietly that you know he's even on the field he hasn't played as well as everybody thinks he has. You know the six and six record was a little bit of a mirage uh, last year. He was not good. Uh, then you have the last year situation where we still don't know exactly what happened, but it was bizarre, right? Between the hand injury, between why not playing him? How can you tell me that that, uh, that you're trying to win games, but you're you're not bringing Minshew back into play? Uh, there were folks that would contend and argue uh, some that they were better off without Minshew. They were better with Mike Lennon. They were better with rookie Jake Luton playing against Green Bay and teams like that. They're it's it's an odd situation, and quite frankly, I cover the Jags pretty close, and I don't know what to think on the Minshew front. I've been a defender of Minshew. I've been a believer of Minshew. I think he's a good quarterback. <laughs> I think he can win games in the NFL. I don't think you go 6-6 six and six in your rookie season by mistake. I don't think you do some of the things that he's done by mistake. But there's something up with that relationship with Gardner Minshew and this Jaguars football team and at headquarters because he did not really play again last year outside of uh, the, the one little time he came back in. But he should have come in way earlier than he did. He was healthy enough to do so. The doghouse uh, was kind of the excuse at the time. And now you're talking about a guy who's really on the cheap but comes with some experience and still is only 24 years old. And what I would think would be, from a football performance, one of the better backups that you could have. And you're basically saying, we're going to get rid of this guy. We're going to bring a C.J. Beathard in? Like, I don't get it. Uh, I, I'll have to dig a little deeper. I'll have to find more out. But I don't. I can't tie all this together. There's not a lot of logic. There's not a lot of connecting of the dots on the Minshew front. And I go back to uh, the folks that did say, hey, the perception outside versus the perception inside might not be as as connected or on the same page as you think. What does that mean? Well, it could mean that he's not going to be a member of the Jaguars soon enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. The only perception that I have to go off of is what his teammates said about him. And his rookie year, uh, we've said it many times on the show, they all call him a dog. And then that's one of the, um, it's one of the biggest compliments that you could get, um, you know, in that locker room. I, I, mean, I remember DJ Chark said, that guy's a dog. You know, a bunch of receivers yeah. did. So, but then I, he threw I, his arms up last year. Well, yeah, I was, yeah, I was getting to that. So like, so then as the second year transpired, then all of a sudden, you know, we saw some overthrows, we saw some underthrows, and we saw bad body language from the wide receivers. Can that all flip in one season? Well, it, it absolutely can when you win one game a year. Like nobody's happy with anybody when you win one game in a season. But where I think this lies a little more is on Gardner Minshew wanting out of Jacksonville. That's what, that's, that's what my gut is telling me right now because you know, when we have a guy like Gardner Minshew, and, you know, what makes Gardner Minshew so great and why we, we celebrated him, it could also be a detriment in some NFL locker rooms, where he is a big-time personality. He does command attention. And sometimes that can get misconstrued as a distraction. And when you have a first-year you know year coach and a, a first-year regime coming in, well, Minshew's going to be a distraction. And what do I always say on this show? Does the talent outweigh the distraction? I think it does. I think if you rock a mullet and you wear jean shorts and a headband, that shouldn't be a detriment to the team or 
it's like, well, we can't wrangle this guy in. And keep in mind who we're talking about here. We're talking about Urban Meyer, who coached Tim Tebow, all right? And you want to talk about distractions? And I mean this with, with all due respect, but nobody could, you know, garner a distraction more than Tim Tebow. The, the, the media absolutely loved him. He was everywhere. Um, he was put on the, the, the ultimate pedestal of pedestals in college football. And it seemed like Urban Meyer, for the most part, was able to wrangle that distraction in and get the best out of Tim Tebow and get the best out of the Florida Gators. So you're crazy to tell me that Urban Meyer's coming to Jacksonville. He's like, man, you know, this this guy with this Mullins jean shorts, I can't handle that. I think Urban Meyer could absolutely handle a guy like Gardner Minshew. I think this is more on Gardner Minshew and his camp still being frustrated with the past regime, wanting to go on to bigger and better things and saying, hey, I need a fresh start someplace else. You're getting Trevor Lawrence. I know I'm not the guy here. Let me go someplace else and let me get a, a starting spot someplace because I still believe in my abilities. I think you could be right there. You know, I think that could be the Minshew side of things, and and maybe that was part of the conversations he had with Urban Meyer last week. Urban Meyer did reference he had a good, long conversation, really, for the first time with Gardner Minshew. Uh, you, you bring up a fascinating point with, like, the Tebow stuff, like, fans on the outside. If you take the Denver experience, right, he won this game, he did this, he's like, we love him, keep him. But inside there was that, he's really not good enough, guys. How do we tell these people that he's really not the guy? Right, and so there was a little bit of that dynamic going on. Tebow is kind of a different animal, but I would say this. I'm going to ask you a question in a moment, but let me first preface it with this: all these free agents that came in, we saw and heard on Jaguars.com with Ashlyn Sullivan, Cam Robinson talk about that number one pick in glowing nature yesterday, kind of chuckling that I can't say the name, but we all know who's coming here. I didn't hear one Marvin Jones, Philip Dorsett, Carlos Hyde, any of these guys say, hey, man, we've got a pretty good quarterback here, too. I mean, it looks like we might get this young guy, and we got a good quarterback already. You know, I didn't hear Gardner Minshew's name mentioned at all. And I don't know what that means, but maybe that's just because everybody knows they're going with Trevor Lawrence. You're not going to mention the backup guy. But I didn't hear it. And so I don't know, again, what that means overall, but I didn't. I guess what I would ask you, Austin, you mentioned the cutoffs. Uh, you mentioned the aviator glasses, the headbands, the everything. Can you have a perceived? And I'm not saying I, I, I'm not going. I don't want to say this about Gardner because I haven't been in the locker room. But can you have a perceived me guy at the quarterback position, a guy that does get that kind of attention? Uh, the great ones get attention. Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. They get it anyway, but they try to deflect a lot of it too to be a good teammate, to be a. I think we just lost Brent. All right, so I, I think with what Brent was trying to get at, though, is can you have a guy in Gardner Minshew's position, the backup quarterback spot, and I think where he was going this question is can he get that much shine, right? Like can he can he command that much media attention, social media attention, all that stuff? And I'll be honest with you, and then maybe locker rooms have changed so much in you know 10-plus years that I, I just you know, I, I'm out of the loop here. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. I honestly don't. I think that, you know, when you heard Cam Robinson speak his piece about, you know, hopefully Trevor Lawrence coming to town, like everybody in that locker room knows what's up right now. Okay. The, the Gardner Minshew air is over. Everybody in that locker room knows it. The coaches know it. Uh, you know, every player knows it. And that's fine. Minshew even knows it. Right. So the, the, the writing's on the wall. In terms of the whole distraction thing, I don't buy into that. Because I think of like a guy like Marquette King, 
For those of you that don't remember Marquette King, he was uh, he was a punter, uh, punter for the Broncos, I think, for a little bit. Obviously, he was big time with the Raiders. The the the, the, the probably the most legit punter in terms of social media branding and in terms of you know no like, if you know one punter in the NFL it was probably Marquette King. I don't think the, I don't think his teammates had a problem because well this guy's a punter he's getting all this love. No nah, man like if you can get media attention and you can parlay that into money then so be it because it's a business. So I don't think his teammates in that locker room really had a problem what was going to happen with Gardner Minshew going forward. I just think this is more on Gardner Minshew just being still frustrated of how things transpired last season with, uh, you know, the quote-unquote, the the, the, uh, the the hand problem that we may never know until it comes out in a book. I think there's a lot of deep-seated issues there that we, we weren't privileged to seeing behind the scenes a little bit, and that's why Minshew wants out. And if this is truly Urban Meyer saying, hey, this guy's too big of a distraction, I don't want him on our team, if you're going to let a guy rocking a mustache and a mullet and jean shorts be the reason why your team's distracted and why your team can't win games, is Urban Meyer the, the guy for the job in the first place? That's why I think it's not Urban Meyer. I think Urban Meyer could handle Gardner Minshew all day, corral him, and make sure the team's not distracted. I feel like this issue going forward is more of a Gardner Minshew issue and how he feels about the organization. More on ESPN 690 when we get back. Mark, no. Uh, Daniel uh, says we went from hot Cheetos to shampoo, raising the intellectual portion of the show. Austin Lane. I'm wearing a sleeveless T-shirt. What more do you want from us, man? Like, yeah, I mean, it's Friday. We never said we're intellectual. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, I'm not necessarily people will knock me for my athleticism, but I think I showed that I'm athletic enough, clearly, um, and I am. And all my teammates, you know, we had fun together. They did a great job. Um, like I said, wish I had some throws back, but at the end of the day, we had fun. It was kind of our last time being all together, and it was the last time that Bama class was going to be together. So it was a lot of fun. That was Coos playing Ultimate Frisbee back in college. Coos? <laughs> I mean, I was like the MVP of the team. So. Okay. I, I was trying to give you a compliment, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Mac Jones, obviously. Is Brent, Brent you there, man? Yeah, I am here. All right. I've got the – so I've, I've come up with a new plan here, and i got the AirPods in. Uh, I, I don't know what just happened to the one system. But then I was listening, so I was trying to, trying to tweak the show out a little bit for our next segment. And so now in my AirPods, I'm hearing you guys, which is the show, and I'm also hearing the delay on Twitter. <laughs> and so I was trying to figure out what the heck's going on right now. I'm hearing everything. Um, but we're, we're okay. We're pushing on. Was that really Coos? No, I think oh, that, was, was Mac that was Mac Jones, I believe, yeah. I think the Alabama yeah. part gave it away. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so, uh, Mac Jones, by the way, I, you know what's interesting about the pro day is you hear from Patrick Sertan, 442, I think it was. Uh, you hear uh, Waddle and, you know, Devontae Smith not working and the Najee Harris stuff. Like, I didn't really think the Mac Jones stuff created much of a buzz yesterday on pro day, maybe because they have so many guys, but it just goes to show you. Like what Mac Jones just said, basically, hey, this was fun to get the band back together one more time. Uh, these guys enjoy that part of the process. I just don't know what benefit it is for the football teams that are there to watch. I think it's a little trip to Tuscaloosa, and that's it, Austin. We talked about it yesterday. But, like, I don't think there's not one part of me on any team yesterday that watched Mac Jones that he that changed their mind one way or another, changed a draft spot here or there. I think he's in the exact same spot as he was two days ago right now on their boards. No, it's it's the same reason why um, 
you know, it's the same reason why Urban Meyer goes to Clemson and like, you know, 10 other coaches, 12 other coaches go to Clemson as well because they, they just, they want to see what the scouting reports say. They, they want to see it in person and you use these scouting reports and how the pro days went to compare to other guys in the future. So that's basically what it is. And what better pro day to go to than Alabama where there is so much talent, um, you know, on every side of the ball, on every position. So like, it's kind of like, you know, a, a, like a, bargain deal in the fact that hey let's go see what their linebackers are talking about let's go see what their defensive linemen are talking about let's go see what the quarterbacks talking about let's go see these wide receivers like it's just you can do a lot of due diligence not only this year in the draft but obviously in drafts to come just by going to an alabama pro day yeah i think you're probably right uh you know i i have said this countless times i think mac jones is the most interesting player in the first round of the draft i don't know where he's going I have not a good feel where he's going. I think Mel Kuyper will talk a little bit more about his, his uh, mock. Had like four quarterbacks in the first four picks via trade, I think, was in there with Carolina. And then he had Mac Jones going to the Patriots at number 15. I think Mac Jones could go as, as high as Atlanta. He could go to Carolina. He could end up in Washington. He could end up with the Patriots. He, he could slide down. Do you feel the same way, or is that just me? I mean, do you kind of have a good feel of where Mac Jones is going to be? Uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit. It's got to be the right situation for him. You can definitely see New England. Um, you can definitely see like places like Atlanta. And I think Mac Jones ended up running like a four eight or something like that, which is respectable because uh, yeah. <laughs> I ran a four eight two now, two hundred seventy pounds. So Mac Jones stepped your game up a little bit. But we know what type of passer Mac Jones is. So, like, you see teams like with Matt Ryan, right? Like Matt Ryan, pocket passer. Uh, Traditionally, New England, when they had Tom Brady, that was a pocket passing team. So, with me, Mac Jones, it has to be the right fit. Now, can that fit come in the top 15? You better believe it. So, to me, it all depends on what team is willing to pull the trigger. But I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he goes top 20, to say the least. Yeah, well, I would think he – I'm almost to the point where I think he is going to t- go top 20. I'm just not convinced, and I think he could slide a little bit. That time is really pretty good for him, I, I would think. I-, I think we have this visualization. By the way, he's kind of said it himself. He's not the most athletic guy. So we have this visualization like he's going to run a six-flat <laughs> 40. <laughs> and the guy can still move a little bit in the pocket, and-, and he can run for a few yards if need be. He's just not today's quarterback where you think of – whether it's dual threat or even athletic enough to move around and create some things with his legs. I, I do think he is the most interesting guy. I really do. I, I think uh, when you can go from four to like 24, you're a pretty interesting cat in the draft. I mean, that is a, that's a wild ride. And there's always a couple of players that do that. We just don't know how it's going to fall. Um, but I think Mac Jones uh, will be, will be very interesting uh, to say the least. Hey, let's put a bow on uh, the, Gardner Minshew talk real quick. Uh, I know you finished it up, but simply this. Is he on the team by the draft? Um, I think that uh, – no. I think he either gets uh, traded before the draft or during the draft. So when the, when the draft is over, I don't think Gardner Minshew will be a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think you're right. Uh, I don't. I don't think he will either. I think he's probably the next couple of weeks going to move. Um, and I, again, I, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I, I I'm a guy that said two weeks ago, ten days ago, whatever we have this conversation. I think he's going to be here in the fall. I think it makes sense for him to be here in the fall, unless they were going to go get this Alex Smith type of backup or Ryan Fitzpatrick that we had mentioned, and that didn't seem the case. I will say this. I think they are 
probably moving on from Gardner Mitchell. I think it happens in the next couple of weeks. But I also don't believe they upgraded their backup quarterback spot. I don't. I might be wrong, but I don't think they're better at their backup quarterback spot for getting rid of Gardner Minshew. Uh, and we'll see if it, it, it even happens, see if they really do get rid of him. But I think it's certainly trending that way. Uh, what about Jake Luton, man? I mean, is, is there a future at all in Jacksonville to kind of keep him around and mature, uh, grow, you know, show some growth, maturation, uh, young guy, rifle arm, got a little bit of a taste of it last year. Uh, is there a future in Jacksonville for Luton? Uh, if nothing else, he's another cheap guy. No, I mean, I think right now there's definitely a future, at least this year, because, you know, even if you were to practice squad him, I don't see a team signing him off the practice squad and making him a part of their, um, you know, their uh, Sunday roster. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you you need another guy to run the, the, the practice squads and the scout teams and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm not mad at that. I, I think that, you know, once again, talking about value here. Yeah, Jake Luton, I think, has definitely earned that. Um you know, strong arm, big body type of dude. I mean, you know, obviously he had his he had his ups and his downs and more downs probably when you get benched for Mike Glennon. But with that being said, you might as well keep him on and see what you got. Yeah, I, I think he'll stick around in some capacity um, for sure. I think Luton will be here. So the Jags quarterback room, uh, very interesting. Uh, one, uh, well, we have a bunch of football topics, but outside of Jacksonville, and Dominic Sue signed a deal with, to remain with the Bucks. How are the Super Bowl champs doing it, man? How are they keeping the band together? And is it the right move to try to keep all of these guys together again? Can they do it again? Is this the right approach by Tampa? I think they absolutely can do it again because they did it in a year that, you know, Football wasn't the same. I mean, you didn't have you know, a full training camp. You didn't have preseason. And you had a bunch of new pieces, a bunch of new cogs that had all play together um, and learn how to gel and mesh. And it took them a little while. You know, those first couple weeks, um, they, were, they were looking pretty rough. The Saints kind of had their number. But as the season progressed and as they got used to playing with each other a little more, uh, the, you know, the Buccaneers won a Super Bowl because of it. So how are they doing it? To me, it's simple. Um, anytime you have a chance to win a Super Bowl and you have the pieces in place, then that makes it more intriguing to come back. I think when you have the fun, loving nature of a Bruce Arians who seems to, you know, get the most out of his players and the players like playing for him, that helps as well. So, oh man, what was, hey, it's, it's amazing how you spent 300 bucks on those AirPods and it sounds like you put two tin cans together right now. Unbelievable. <laughs> but with that, it just sounds that way in your ears. Or, uh, and probably, you know, thousands and thousands listening around the uh, around the thing. But with that being said, um, I think Tampa Bay right now, they have everything going for them just because they have a chance to win another Super Bowl. And how can you not buy into Tom Brady? I'll be honest. I didn't have Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl last year. I have Patrick Mahomes coming in uh, and mopping the floor with the Buccaneers. Well, that's what I get for picking against Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady, the ageless wonder that he is. If you have a chance to play with him and win another one, why wouldn't you come back? So I think we see that with, obviously, Gronk. We're going to see. We saw that with Sue. I think, you know, there's a good chance that Antonio Brown could come back because keep in mind, Tom Brady was the guy that gave Antonio Brown a chance when nobody else really did around this league. You know, he's on his last leg, and here comes Tom Brady, you know, essentially his savior, and says, I'm going to vouch for him. I'm going to put him at my house, and we're going to drink crazy guacamole smoothies, whatever the case may be, and I'm going to make sure that Antonio Brown is on the straight and narrow. Well, Antonio Brown's been in Tampa Bay, and I haven't heard any negative comments about him. So I'm sure he's coming back. So when you have all these pieces coming back, of course you want to be a part of it. 
Brown and Fournette are the two guys that have not been re-upped at least yet. But if you go at the end of the year when they win that Super Bowl and they're throwing the Super Bowl trophy from boat to boat, and you say Godwin, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, and whoever else, and Sue, if they would all be back, I'm not even sure the fans in Tampa, the people in their own building would have said, oh, yeah, I think they'll be back. We're going to run it back and try it again. No, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's just, it seems too perfect. It seems like we're talking about a dynasty now once again. Now, let's be honest. There's a lot of things can happen. You still have the Chiefs that have some bad blood. You know, Aaron Rodgers still wants to get another one for, for his collection. There's a lot of narratives here. But when you talk about a guy in Tom Brady who spent so much time um, in New England and saw how New England did things and, and saw the culture that was established there and the importance of building that culture where guys want to take a pay cut to come play for you. And now it's almost like he's he's brought that over. And keep in mind, Bill Belichick ingrained that. Brady didn't go to New England day one and said, oh, this is my team. No, you had to earn your stripes. You had to earn that. But now it's almost like Tom Brady has took the New England effect, brought to Tampa Bay, but now he's added his own spin on it. And it's like, hey, we're having fun down here, guys. Like, New England, it was it was a great place to win championships and all that stuff. But let's be honest. It was kind of like a dictatorship with Bill Belichick. Come down to Tampa Bay. It's still going to be about winning, but we're going to have a little more fun in the process of doing it. Yeah, I think you're right. And and now we'll see if they can do it again. Listen, Bucks fans, you can't be mad. First of all, you got Super Bowl. But on top of that, I like the idea of them trying to do it again. I don't think they will. But you know me. I, I don't think teams will go back to back. It just doesn't happen very often. I'd bet against that every time. Uh, and you just never know when all these guys are going to get so old that it's going to fall off really quick. But I love the effort. I mean, you got this window. You got Tom Brady. You got him for another year, maybe two. Uh, you might as well go after it once again with as many pieces and try to stretch that out one more time. It's a smart move by the Tampa Bay Bucks. Let's take a break. Uh, we're live in Fleming Island. Got a big baseball game here tonight uh, as the backdrop. Also live from the Action Sports Jack studio. Shock Your Mock is coming up on the way. But coming up next, the Washington football team might go nicknameless. Do you like the idea of that? Maybe should more teams do it? It's coming up on ESPN 690 when we get back. You're right about the WFT, the acronym. It really messes with my dyslexia, and I get all discombobulated in my head. But that putting that part aside, I never really gave much thought into them keeping the football team until this morning when our esteemed colleague Dave Sepperson shot me a million Slack messages. I can't believe you think it's okay for them to stick. They need something new. They need to get creative. I really didn't think it was that big of a deal, especially because the Washington football team has so many other important things going on in that organization. I really have no idea who that was or who that is. Yeah, it's a guy from Sports Illustrated. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have no idea, but isn't he exactly right on the money? When you see WFT, don't you first see it as WTF? Oh, all the time. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) But it's a great little play. Like It's almost like a good marketing thing for the Washington football team. You brought up a, a good, we were talking earlier, a good topic today. And it got me thinking about this Washington football team. It looks like they could trend. Now, fans are saying they like the Washington football team. So who needs a mascot after they got rid of the Redskins? I kind of agree. Like, I think it would be good to have just the Washington football team. What do you think? 
Um, well, see, it's funny because if the team would have won like one or two games last year, then I think you change it. But the team won a division, and they did so with a first-year coach there, um, you know, a first-year coach in Washington, obviously, and a roster that, you know, wasn't the most sexy on paper. So, like, it's kind of like a feel-good underdog story of what they are able to accomplish. Now, they had help from, obviously, the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants alike, but they still won the division. And, you know, I think when you have success – that helps things out a little bit, and then that things that makes things a little more appealing. Like you say it all the time, where if the Jaguars would have won with those, you know, dual toned helmets, um, they probably would have kept them. Now I disagree. I think those things were were bad from the get go, and I don't care if they won a Super Bowl in them. I would have been asking for the change still. But with Washington, I just feel like people are, are, are falling in love with it. There, there's been an outcry of the fans saying they want to keep the team name. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of calling it. If it was like the Jacksonville football team, would I like that? Probably not. It'd have to be like the Duval football team, maybe, or the 904 football team. You beat me to it, man. You're so good. You're, you're getting better, man. You're, you're witty, and I appreciate it. And my hat's off to you, sir. Nicely done. We were all thinking it. Got there just as fast, maybe a little faster than I did. But yeah, Brent, I think that, the, I think they should keep it. I think it's a, you know, it's an interesting story. It's unique. Um, and like, Nothing really sticks out to me where it'd be like, well, what are you going to name that's going to be better than the Washington football team? Well, here's the deal. It's got a little English Premier League kind of feel to it, right? Uh, with like the football clubs and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so that's what it feels like to me. The other deal here is, yeah, they are coming. They flipped the script, man. They were a mess. Like they had a lot of problems going into last year. And then Ron Rivera, and that's a feel-good story. Alex Smith, feel-good story make the playoffs, and even Heineke, the way he performed. I mean, they were kind of like you started to root for him a little bit uh, if you didn't hate him from years past and your arrival. So I think uh, there's a lot to like. Here's the deal, Austin. In the annals of all this, if, you know, 25, 35, 50 years down the road, we get to a point where, hey, they were the Washington football team, but they were the Washington football team for like three, four, five years, and then they decided to add a nickname. Well, that's fine, right? I mean, you can add a nickname three, four, five years down the road if you want. Yeah, you can. But I think the more that you get ingrained in something, the more that you get comfortable with it, especially if you're having success, and the more you don't want to see a change. So, in my opinion, if they were going to change the name, they should do it this up and coming season. I think they have till April to take, uh, you know, to take like you know fans' advice of what the team name should be. They're going to have a vote, but until that time. You know, it might be the Washington football team. And I think that if you do want to change it, it has to be this year. I get you had success and everything, but don't wait out and, like, marinate it and, like, let it kind of, you know, leg on and on and on because then people start to get attached to that a little bit more. What I wonder about when you have name changes, look what the Jumbo Shrimp did, right? They change your name. People are like, I like it. I don't like it. And then they sell a bunch of merchandise. Do you need the nickname to sell merchandise? And what I think Washington's finding out is you don't. You can sell the Washington football team merchandise and people buy it because it's unique. And it's the most unique thing in the NFL right now when you look at a team that doesn't have a nickname. So I think they'll end up keeping it. Uh, Sports fans, I got the ultimate question for you. It's on the way. Action Sports Jack on ESPN 690. Four o'clock hour up next. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.